Look at both sides of the story. There's always two sides to stories. There's always good and bad. There's always dark and a light. You know, contrast is a mate is a big thing for me. My name is Will Small. I use poetry to capture snapshots of what it means to be human. There's no better inspiration for this than real life humans in their natural habitat. So I've been having conversations with all kinds of beautiful, passionate, interesting humans who all call the Central Coast home. From uni students to business owners, artists to activists, young and old. In each of these conversations, a poem is hiding. I'm going to find it and write it. And I'm inviting you to come along for the ride and hear the conversations that spark my creative process. Stick around till the end and you'll get to hear the poem. This podcast has been proudly supported by the Central Coast Council. Join me as I dive into the untold stories of coastal citizens and seek to capture them in an original piece of spoken word poetry. Trent Braley. <laughs> That's me. It is uh, really cool to have you here today in my home studio. Mate, I thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you for saying yes. <laughs> um, we met uh, a few months ago at this event called Homemade Makers, which was at the Savoy. And uh, we, we kind of gathered a bunch of creatives and you were part of a panel having this conversation about what it looks like to live a creative life on the Central Coast. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But first, just love to know a little bit of your backstory. Did you grow up here or how long you been on the coast yeah, for? Yeah, well, so I, um, I've been here for a while. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm just realising now how old I am and how I've been here. But, um, yeah, I grew up on, in Bado Bay. I moved here from... Uh, sort of Western Sydney with my parents, which was probably the, the boldest move my parents did and I'm forever grateful that they did that. Right. We lived in Bankstown or Panania and, um, you know, I'm sure it's a nice place but it it doesn't have the, the natural gifts that we have up here and the lifestyle that we are able to live up here. So we moved – my parents moved up here and I've been living in Bado Bay ever since. I worked in Sydney and lived down there for a bit and travelled a bit and – stuff like that but sort of I've just yeah I've just never left Bado Bay it's just sort of where I feel like home is and um, I've been fortunate enough in recent years to be sort of working on the coast like I worked um, in a number of different roles when I sort of had enough of the city and so I've been fortunate so now I just yeah work from home and went to Bay Public School my kids go to Bay Public School or my daughter um I still knock around with some of the kids that I went to school with in Batter Bay Public School on weekends still. So I'm part of the community there, I think. And yeah, awesome. yeah so that's probably – that's my story. And, I, look, I went to school and went to university, studied graphic design, was a graphic designer, worked in advertising sort of before um, sort of the internet really. It was sort of a lot of print. So, you know, I've been – I did that for 20 years. I'm like 42, so I'm a bit of an old – <laughs> old dodger the new 30 and, <laughs> you know whatever whatever they say <laughs> yeah well you know i try and stay i try and stay try and stay relevant and keep my head on what's happening out there and you I've seem got, to have a youthful energy about you and look you you you're a uh, an absolute gun on the social media stuff way better than than me so <laughs> mate uh, look I, I i tend to do it better for other people than i do for myself which right. is you know like that analogy you know a builder's house is never finished sure so i i think um i've just because i've been fortunate with work i think i've been lucky enough to um 
be busy and not really have to push it. And I just sort of naturally push it and mm. it sort of feels natural to me. And it's, it's something that has, has gained some traction, but it's sort of my skill set is in telling stories for brands and connecting with audiences through whatever medium that is, whether that's moving pictures or still pictures, graphic design stories, and, and, and just, you know, trying to resonate with audiences and people to sort of dictate change, whether that's awareness or, making people part with their hard-earned for, for things. And business yeah. has always been, you know, like I was a painter. I used to do a lot of painting and uh, stuff like that and then it was like I needed to work out how to do it. And I've always been involved in advertising and advertising has been a bit of an evil but it's been one of those things that I've learned so much from and, you know, I think that's the one thing we can I can sort of help people with is sort of business outcomes, how to use creativity to make business outcomes because, yeah. yeah. Well, all that stuff, you're speaking my language around being a storyteller and that being bigger than just uh, words on pages, being a storyteller can can be through photos, can be through social media, film, et cetera, but then also coupled with the idea of uh, helping to move people towards a decision. And, you know, that I guess is the same thing that whether it's uh, a big marketing company or a, a young emerging poet, you know, yeah. we all want to kind of try and move people towards a decision. And if you can help facilitate that process, it's a powerful skill set. And, and that's the one thing I think that's kept me in it is like, you know, I, I used to get be moved by colours and shapes and shadows and things and I think that still resonates with me today. So I think no matter how you do it, like music moves me, you know, the natural beauty moves me. It's just those are the things that I think we've got to latch on to because they're the things that people will, will make people feel something and genuinely – if I can make people feel something or we make people feel things, that's when we're in a better place to make positive outcomes, whether that's business or, you know, yeah, for personal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I've noticed uh, the couple of times I've crossed paths with you and then looking at your Instagram profile and stuff, one thing I just love is that I've noticed you often introduce yourself as a father first and it's kind of like a big part of your identity is I'm a dad yeah, and I'm a, I'm a designer, storyteller, artist, yeah. et cetera. I don't think many people do that, but I actually, I noticed that because it's probably something I would want to try and do. It feels just so wrapped up in who I am, but yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah, side of who you are? I think um, family's probably the biggest thing in my life and always has been. Um, lucky to have good family. I sort of get a bit sort of emotional about it, but um, yeah, family's big, you know, being a dad when that first happened just blew my mind. I suppose I was a little bit later than most, but like yourself, you know, if you start thinking about your kids, you'll yeah, yeah brings tears to your eyes, really. But yeah, I'm just. I think that's the one thing that sort of kicked me in the ass a bit um, in life. I think when I had my kids, it changed my perspective on things, like it does. You know, like I remember all the cliches people used to say to me, "Oh, you're going to be a dad," and this and that, and I was like, "Boom!" All those cliches <laughs> rang true. Like, yeah, and I, and I've never been big on cliches, you know, but. Then it was like, yeah, shit, I am a dad now and I've got – I want to give these kids the best life possible. I, you know, I was fortunate to have a good life. Like, you know, we're alive, we're breathing, we're healthy and we live in a beautiful place. And so I was like, you know, I always want to be a good dad and that's my focus and uh, if I can do that. I think it feeds everything, you know, like t mm. talking about Instagram and stuff. I think most of my – like I don't have a huge following or anything but – not about vanity metrics in terms of followers and all that. My thing's about engagement and I think I get good engagement if if you check it out. I get I tend to get a lot of engagement because I talk from my heart. But mm. my the most 
feedback or business opportunities I've had is through stories about my kids. Yeah, right. So not about brands. Or, yeah. You know, and I think it's the one thing that I learned from some people that people actually don't really give a shit about brands or, you know, you might be so wound up in your business and you think everyone cares about it as much as you do, but the reality is no one gives an F about your business. Mm. If your business can affect the things that I give an F about, whether that be family, my health, my well-being, you know, the environment, stuff like that, then you're in a good place to, to do business and talk to yeah. me. So I think just to be honest and authentic and say, hey, I am a dad, put my hand up and celebrate it and I was lucky to have a good dad and I'm, you know, whether you had a good dad or a bad dad and you're a dad now, it's sort of you're in there. you got to make the best of it. Yeah. No, well, that's it. Like I noticed that. I don't, I'm not sure if other people do, but I just noticed that that's sort of so, so much a part of um, – who you are, I think that's awesome. And for me, uh, you know, I'm trying to live that uh, that kind of dream of the uh, working from home, being an involved dad, being able to, you know, pop out of my little office here and eat lunch with my yeah. kids. And, and not just, easy you though. Know, it's it is super challenging, um, but at the same time, I think it's um, it's one of those challenges that's worth it. Hey, because I don't want to be no, um, I don't want to miss these moments. But look at this, look at this, man. Look look at the view. We're sitting here looking out of out a beautiful over a beautiful valley in you know, Wyoming and it's beautiful. And then this is work and I think the the allowances of um the 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 being the I suppose technology and, and the way, you know, the structure of life now and how we consume content and how we live makes those decisions to work from home and, and be with your family more, even more important. And I remember when I was working in an office, it would have been 10, 15 years ago, there was a thing that said, you know, by 2020, which felt like a million years away, mm. that um, majority of people in creative industries would be working remotely or from home. And, and I was like, far out, that would be amazing. But I didn't really understand the logistics of how it would work. And then now we are here, I suppose most creative people that I know or work with either work in an office or a studio, but they're always working remotely or from home. And, and that's, you know, a blessing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Something I'm grateful for. Even with the challenges, I think <laughs> now that I've had a taste of it, I'd struggle to go back. Oh, man. But I'm also, I, I kind of constantly, like I look out the window, like you said, there's a beautiful view. I feel like I'm, you know, things are amazing right now, but I'm also super conscious of the fact that um, there's there's always fragility and there's yeah. always vulnerability. Yep. And so I want to be grateful for the day that I have because yep. um, I don't want to be sort of spending my life uh, with an illusion yep. that this is just normal. I want to kind of be constantly pinching myself, man, I get to do this today and that's awesome. Man, that gives me cold shivers like you can, if you can see, <laughs> because I think um, – Living in the moment, man, that's heavy. Like I think that's that's the biggest realisation you've got to have is like, you know, you, what are you pushing for? You're pushing for more. Why do you need more? Like is it more you're after or is it just being, you know, content and uh, honest with yourself that you're in a place that you want or are you doing more to m live a better life in the moment? Because I think you do need to that, – That is a, that's a solid one for me. It's like understanding um, – now and like the vulnerability thing far out like if i always say to people and i always and i'm not scared to be vulnerable but i think um yeah if you can you can be vulnerable and make people understand that you know you, you're not you're not a superhuman and we're all got our weaknesses and our flaws and they're the things that make us and losing and all that stuff are the things that make for better outcomes i think the vulnerability thing jesus 
Sorry, it's huge, eh? Yeah, it's big, man. It's, and living in the moment, I, I struggle with it sometimes. You, like you said, yeah. you get caught up in being a dad and working and it's like, what are we doing all this for? Where, where are we going? Uh, mm. Stop, take take a breath and just realise, shit, things are pretty good. Yeah. Man, I find that the coast in some ways helps me with that. Like I didn't grow up here but I just feel like living here, being able to stand in front of an ocean or being able to, yeah. to look at the, you know, the forest, uh, like – when I do it, when I notice it, and yeah. I kind of actually am conscious. That Where really helps me. Up? I grew up in Canberra. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, didn't – like it's a lovely place. Yeah. Uh, it's well-planned city. <laughs> big roads. <laughs> <laughs> close to the skits, close to the snowy mountain. Yeah, mountains, everyone, says, snow. everyone says, you know, oh, I met someone last night actually and they're like, oh, you, you must be a skier if you're from Canberra. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> and then I thought when I moved to the coast, I thought I definitely will become a surfer. There's no doubt about that. And uh, that has certainly that? not happened. Man, you'll have to come surfing. I'll take you surfing. Yeah, I think I went once with the wrong person who was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you how to surf. And then they just took off and left me for dead. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you would be willing to take Oh, me man, out, I'll take <laughs> you for sure, for sure, for sure. I'd love to. Awesome. What are some of your favorite places on the coast? Or what are some of those those places that do kind of slow you down and help remind you what, you know, matters? It is the ocean. Like for me, like that's why I live here. That's why that was the one thing that as a kid resonated with me. Um, I think it's the one thing that changed my life. I think it's the one thing where my community is. It's the one thing where my family is. It's just everything. And that's why we've got to look after it. And I'm pretty passionate about trying to, you know, be conscious of what we're doing to the ocean and trying to, you know, help out with things like take three and making, educating my kids on why it's important and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely the beach like Bado Bay would be my pick. It's a national park. There's no houses. It's one of those little stretches in between like Forrester's Beach and maybe the entrance or Blue Bay, Toon Bay where there's no houses on the, on the beach. So no one really owns the beachfront. It's sort of national park and we all own it. And, mm. um, it's just got a lot of history. Like I remember being there as a kid and learning to surf and now I teach my kids how to surf there and just, you know, beach parties and swimming and it's just I think surfing is a big part of my life. You know, I mean North Shelley Board Riders, I'm part of that and that's our that's our sort of our community. So the ocean's where we congregate, you know. Yeah. So good. Yeah, but I'd say the beach, like any of the beaches, man, it's amazing around here. Like, you know, and I've and I've even started to look. I did I do some real estate stuff, and I've been pushing out into summers. Being man, it's beautiful out there. Like, yeah. I did some stuff last year out in um, out in the valleys, and I was like, wow, I haven't really even touched the sides out there. And like, yeah. geez, it's amazing out there. So I'd like to push even further into that, and you know, have yeah. a little. It's, I just think there's so much to explore. I suppose. Oh, there is. Like, like I said, been here for. Uh, six years and yeah. uh, just maybe last week we did the uh, a part of the walk as much as you can do with a two-year-old and a four-year-old <laughs> of the um, the putty beach like oh, along amazing. the cliffs. Beautiful. And, oh, my goodness. Like yeah. Just a taste of heaven right there. Well, it's like you don't even realise that that's just down the road really. No. No, and that people come far and wide to do that stuff and where it's on our doorstep. That's it, one of those things when, you like you're saying, taking things for granted, being in the moment. It's like sometimes, sometimes I just go for a walk down the beach and I'm like the surf might be crap but it's just like, well – yeah. Look at this, you know, slow down a bit, take a breath and have a swim and hit the day. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So you've been, I guess, uh, it's it's cool to hear, you know, you, you kind of grew up here. Your parents took that risky move to, to move from Western yep. Sydney to the coast. You're now raising a family here and you've you kind of built your life here. You, you're doing sure. that, you know, sort of local work and working from home. Yeah. Um, 
Tell me the story of this thing you started, Forest Buddy Creative, is what it's called. <laughs> it's, it's no, it's no, it's no amazingly creative or crazy story. It was typically how it started. I had two golden retrievers. They were sort of my kids before I had kids, and one was Forest, and the other one was Buddy, who we rescued, who was a rescue dog. I had two dogs. I was at North Shelley Boardriders, and it was when Instagram first started. And I had a mate, um, Sam Patterson. He's a lot younger than me. He would have been like a I don't know, a teenager probably. And I was, and I, and we were sitting there watching surfing and he's like, have you heard about this Instagram thing? And I'm like, oh, I've been seeing it, but I don't really get it. He goes, I'll, I'll give me your phone. I'll log you in. Right. And he set up my profile and he called it Forest Buddy. And then from there, that's just how it happened. Wow. So then it was just a personal profile that I was just, and then I was working for different companies. I was working at, you know, Treehouse Creative under the amazing Jason Van Gendron and learning from him. And then, um, yeah, and then it was just sort of doing work on the side and then it was like it just, I don't know, I just, I'm quite harsh. I'm, you know, like I could never decide on a name or a logo. I don't even have branding or anything at the moment. But, um, yeah, and the, that was just that was just the name and where that came from. And then it was like I'm not going. I'm just going to maximize the audience that I've already got and convert this yeah. in because I'm. I, I think that my story between business and personal is pretty much the same. You know, like I don't sort of separate it. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I'm sort of sort of thinking that it's a more a personal brand that you know give, might give me a little bit more leverage and, and cut through a bit better. So I just left it at that. But then that the, the sort of came about. I was working in uh, with Treehouse under Jason, and I learned everything you know, storytelling wise from here, he's acclaimed, you know, filmmaker. And mm. uh, yeah, he he taught me a lot of things about story and stuff. And then it was just like, I just saw a little glide in the market where I think it was sort of as the emergence of social and digital was happening. And it was like, I could see that um, we were making amazing stuff, but sometimes between small to medium business and sometimes bigger business, it was creating problems for brands. Mm. So it was sort of like we make this amazing content and then it would never see the light of day or the wouldn't fall in front of the right people. And I just thought I had a lot to give and I wanted to sort of be in control of my own destiny. I wanted to just – I'd probably put it off for longer than I should have and then like a lot of people do, you know, that that fear. Fear is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like i got kids, i got a family, i got a house. Like far yeah. out, is this all going to work? And I just backed myself and then – it was just like I had some, had some. I'd always been working on the side and had little freelance jobs and had a good network of people. And then it was just like, bang, I'm going to give this a shot. And then it's been three, nearly four years, three years and a bit in. And I'm like, I haven't even, still haven't got a website, I haven't got branding, I haven't got anything. I've just been that busy because I think I've just wow. connected with people and, and people that I've worked with. And some of the people that I'm very grateful for that continue to work with me, we're just making inroads and we're making business outcomes and we're connecting with people and we're all sort of staying alive. So. Yeah. I mean, I find these conversations with anybody very reassuring because, yeah. you know, anybody who's doing this sort of thing, you do have those moments regularly where you're kind yeah. of like freaking out a bit. Yeah. But actually, you know, I just hear that most people who take the risk and it's not like a, it's like an educated risk. It's yeah. like, I know what I have to offer. Yeah. I know that there are places that need this and I, I know yeah. that I can make this work. You know, it's just lining up the things in the right sort of order. Um, but yeah, when you, when you kind of, hear other people just doing it and surviving and that the risk almost always pays off. Yeah. Um, obviously with a story of, you know, trial and error and, yep. and failing and, you know, just getting up again. Um, but, you know, kind of goes, yeah, like why wouldn't you do it? Like, Yeah, when, when you see people do it as well and then like I, I sort of, 
you know, I, 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 it was really weird. I, I got introduced, I was at this thing and I got introduced to Gary V thing and it's like whether you like or hate him, I think he spits a lot of truth and he virtually convinced me to quit my job and have a go, you know, like he was at the stuff about, you know, you, you know, you've got to, I didn't want to have regret. I think that's the thing. I, did, I always wanted to run my own thing and I thought I had a lot to give and I was like, I don't want to, I turned, I was, <laughs> I was approaching 40 I got glasses, my eyes sort of going and it was like if it's if it's not the time now, I don't want to be – what am I going to – I don't want to be here working with other people. I want to be in control of my own thing, you know, in 10 mm. years' time. I don't want to look back with regret and, you know, it was like even if it didn't work, I backed myself that I could fall into place and find some other work somewhere else. I've never not been employed. I've had yeah. a lot of opportunities with work and I thought I could always fall back in if I needed to. But, yeah, it, just, it was just taking the risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Hope you're enjoying this episode. We're going to jump back in in a sec and get to the poem coming at the end. But I want to share with you for a moment about the process behind the end product. At its essence, I think creativity is about trying to do things in ways that haven't been done before. Making a song that pushes beyond the edges of a genre. Or a film that disrupts what people have come to expect. Spoken word poetry and podcasting have both done that in recent years. Bringing the two of them together with authentic human interviews is my own creative experiment to try and mix art forms in a new way. Like any creative work, it takes some faith and risk as well as time, energy and resources. I have a small but growing community of people that see the value in this work and want to help empower me to create it. I want to ask you, is this something you would consider becoming a part of? You can read more about how it works at patreon.com slash willsmall. But the basic idea is to give a few dollars each month to help me create some predictable resources I can use to focus on bringing the work to life. I'll send you unpublished poems and reflections to your inbox every month and you'll be able to contribute your thoughts and ideas to the ongoing evolution of this work. Thank you so much for considering joining the Poetic Beings Patreon community. I love to ask people, and you, you probably like have sort of hinted at this with some of the things you said, but you know, I just love to hear people articulate it. But like, if you think about just you as a person, yeah, not necessarily you in the context of work, but it might come into it, yeah. Like, what are the things that kind of get you out of bed in the morning, or that keep you awake at night? Like, what are those things oh, that really man. like the the magnets that you know? I, I'm of- a horrible sleeper, and like I always have been. I think. Um, cramming at university, and I don't think I slept very well as a kid. I don't know. My mum could probably. But but I think I've never been a great sleeper and I, I don't know, I think it's anxiety, I think it's like thinking and I think it's creativity, it's always thinking of things and I tend to get a lot of good ideas when I'm lying awake at night. And, but I think the thing that gets me up in the morning is just be better pe- be a better person and be a better dad and, and just help people and be nice and, you know, just try and be a better person. I think it's, I think, you know, life shapes you through the ups and downs to sort of realise that, you know, just be nice to people and, and try and help people and by default by helping people they will help you, you know, whether that's financial or emotional or whatever and, you know, if you can help people, I always believe that giving and you get things back and I think um, if I'm busy, I'm in a good headspace. My head's good, I sleep good. I've been starting to exercise a bit because I turned 40 and I started to just, you know, turn into this old sort of felt old <laughs> so but the exercise has been good and it's been helping me um sleep better but getting up in the morning the thing that drives me is to be is my kids and my family and 
doing the best I can to make sure that we have a good future and a healthy future and, and maximizing the time that we have and being able to allow myself to spend time with them. And I think by working hard and enjoying my work, I'm always thinking about work because I love it, you know, like I don't, I don't, I'm fortunate and like you, you know, like I'm, you love this. I can tell mm, by your mm. passion and, and your amazing poetry and how you tell stories. It's suppose it's the thing that um, I think I'm fortunate to be paid to help do that. And I love it. Yeah. I genuinely love it. Like I, I'm, if you know me and people that do know me vouch for me, like I could talk all day about social media and marketing and ideas to increase business and how we can get better awareness and branding and all that stuff. I actually have a real passion for it. So yeah. I suppose just, that that the passion for creativity and storytelling and my family and trying to be a better person and be nice and enjoy mm. life i suppose it's, it's, it's awesome. pretty generic though yeah it's it's good i mean what it makes me think of is i'm i'm a huge fan of the word integrity yeah. and the idea that that uh, integrity literally means integration yep. and it's where things come together and become whole yep. and just hearing you it just sounds like you're living an integrated life right like yep. your work is uh, connected to the things that you value yeah which is connected to the way that you structure your life and the way that you think yep. about being a dad i've never thought of it like that and that's a really cool thing because it's so easy for us to compartmentalize our lives and you know catch a train and i spend 40 hours a week on transport to yep. work somewhere else, doing something that's I did that for 10 from years. my local community. And there's nothing wrong with people doing yeah. that. But to me, I always feel like in small ways, one step at a time, yep. I'd like to move my life towards that greater integration. Yeah, I suppose you've summed it up better than I could. <laughs> but yeah, like and I, never, I never thought of it like that. But, you know, like when you're sort of on the outside looking in, if you sort of take a step back, you can see it's all focused around being there for my kids I love like, you know, even this morning I'd live to drop them, to s drop my daughter to school and walk her in. She's getting older now. So I know that that's not going to happen soon, but yeah. I'm going to push for her as long as I can yeah. uh, doing that. And then my other daughter. So I just want to be around for that yeah. stuff. And, you know, and then when I get older, it's just, I don't know, just see what, what life brings and just try and be good, try yeah. and be nice. Yeah, yeah. Do you have stories of uh, creative projects, things you've done where you really feel like you were in that sweet spot? You nailed it. It felt like that <laughs> that you, was a thing. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you nailed it though? Like I I, I, I always, always think that you you think you nailed it and you're in the moment and then you reflect and it's like it, it was it was well received or you got great feedback from it or you got constructive feedback on it and then it's like uh, I sometimes look back at things and like, shit, I could have done better, you yes. know? Yeah, sure. I think that's just creativity and the mindset that most creative people have. So I'd never think I've nailed it. But um, – yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like I, I make so much stuff. Like I, I was thinking the other day, I think I've made over, you know, possibly 100 or so more pieces of video content this year, you know. Yeah, wow. So it's it's a lot of stuff. To, some, some of it's not good and some of it's – but it serves a purpose. And I always say to people like I'm, I've got a couple of young guys that help me out and they're amazing – they're amazing skilled um, filmers and photographers and stuff. And I think we can all capture the world when it's beautiful. And, like, you know, if it's a beautiful sunset or the light's perfect and, and um, you're in the moment of, you know, someone surfing, dancing on a wave. And, you know, for me that's not easy, but it's a lot easier than making something that's kind of crap mm. or not very interesting get people's attention and that's a space that I find myself in it's like if we can if we can make things that maybe aren't as cool or as attractive or people don't take notice of cool 
and they get gets attention, that's the game for me. And I think that's the challenge that I like. So, man, I never think I've nailed. I don't know anything. Like I, I think the one thing though that that I remember that I think changed that I think I nailed was in high school. I was not very good at school. I ended up doing really well at school in the last, I sort of tried in the last year or two, but I had an art teacher that changed my life and and uh, he believed, you know, he was like, man, you should be, and I never drew. I used to draw basketballers' arms in in year 12 to learn how to draw muscles and stuff. And right. he was like, Trent, you got to do a painting. I was like, for year 12, and I was like, wow, I'd never done painting before never knew anything and he just had a, I just had an amazing teacher and then he and then I did really well at school my artwork went on this big tour and it went in the galleries and I was like far out and then I carried them home from school and on the top of my old granddad's vol on my grandpa's Volvo and the wind picked up I was me and my mates holding it out it was a massive thing holding it out <laughs> one arm out the window four of us in the car and the wind got on it blew off folding in half and was he oh, <laughs> was no. broken but but I suppose that's just life isn't it I think yeah. the lesson you learn is like you know, it was a nice little painting that just got yeah. blown away by nature. But I think that was the one thing I thought I nailed and that little thing pushed me in a direction where I am today. That one little painting and that learning from that teacher, he guided me into graphic design, which I never even knew about. Yeah. You know, so I That's think- That's a pretty cool story. I mean, even like the fact, you know, I'm a poet and I think about things in kind of, you know, just- creative poetic ways but yeah. I, I like imagining you and your mates with the arms out the window <laughs> holding that thing and like yeah it blew off and there was a moment of loss but at the same time like that's this defining moment that sent you like how much have you gained from yep. doing that painting and that teacher speaking into life it's yeah huge. it was huge and you know what I've never really and I, I'm going to do that it's made me think I've got to touch base and reach out again because it was the one he was the one apart from my family always supporting me and telling me to you know to go for it but like, yeah, it was that it was that defining moment when I was learning how to paint and how he's understanding the world, how he saw, saw the world, and that the way I saw the world was actually a value. Mm. Do you know? And that and that, mm. and that was pretty that for a teacher to sort of get convey that to a you know a, a teenage kid. Oh, that stuff is huge. Like my little brother is a street artist and he um, is doing really well. He's yep. in Canberra, um, but yeah, he he like hated school yep. and had a real rough time. Yep. And he had a teacher when he was in those last couple of years, maybe in year 12, who just really believed in him, yep. spoke spoke things in him. It's sort of similar experience. He yep. got an artwork in the National Gallery yep. and now, you know, he's continued on that path. It just makes me think like our, our words and our belief in others, we just can totally underestimate how significant that can be at the right time. Yeah, uh, for sure, yeah. mate. I think you're right. Like I think teaching and I think they get a bit of a bad rap and I, I'm not sure you know what it's about but I think the right teacher with the right purpose, why they do it to help, you know, he probably helped many kids. I know he did but um, without his guidance I, I wouldn't know, you know. So I think they do have those, I think, teaching and mentors in those right times of your life. Huge. I've definitely had them, definitely had those those people that I – everything I'm doing is because other people just said, Hey, keep going. Yeah. You know? And I look back at the, the poem or whatever that I shared and I was like <laughs> that, like now it looks so crap. Yeah. But they saw enough in there to go, just keep going, keep yeah. going. You got something there. You got, and then that's what I'm trying to give back now. I help, I, you know, I, I, I'm constantly messaging people on Instagram and meeting people and talking and trying to help people pass on things that I've learned because I think if you can do and that's all he would have been doing I think my teacher he helped me sort of define that so I think if I can try and do that like I'm you know 
don't harp on, but I fi- I'm feeling like I'm older now and I think I've got to – it's part of what I've got to do. Mm. No, I love that. You, you sort of pass on what you receive. Yeah, for sure. So um, we're getting to the end yeah. of uh, this little interview. <laughs> but uh, one question that um, – you know, I think is always worth asking people. I, I think we're shaped often by the hardest stuff. Yeah. And I, I recognize that some people, like I feel like I've lived a pretty, um, you know, super privileged life. Yeah. And often feel like surely something terrible is waiting around the corner because yep. I feel so lucky. Yeah. But have you had like significant things that have been really tough, really shit? Yeah. That have shaped who you are? Yeah, man. Like they, they are the fundamental things that have shaped me. Um, whoa, I could get a bit weird here but uh, not weird but just a bit emotional but yeah when I was younger um my best friend got um killed in a hit and run car accident just down the road sort of oh, here wow. uh that changed my life um changed my community's life it was a really tough time you know when you're sort of 18 um I don't know in a coastal town like Bado Bay um your mates are everything and your, mm. your community's everything so that sort of fundamentally changed my life. I think after that happened, life was a bit of a blur through my early twenties. It was sort of I don't know how. I, yeah, it, it was it was a horrible time. And um, but out of that, um, our community came together and and we're supportive of each other. And the one thing that I think that taught me was the strength of you know community. And and now that that community we've got is so strong and, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about, but, you know, you know, a few years later and another friend was killed, you know, um, in a, in a, he was stabbed and he died. Um, he was younger than me and it was horrible. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, not long after that, one of my wife's friends, she was a friend of ours. She was murdered in domestic violence. It all sounds really bad, but, these were key moments mm. in my life that made me realize how good I've got it and that and that things can change quickly and and I think one thing that they did tell me teach me was I always believe now and I don't know if it's cynical or but I always believe when shit's going really good be ready you know that's what I learned I learned that understand that you know people are going through shit you know like so many people out that you don't don't guess don't try and you know, you don't know what – I don't know what you're going through. Like I don't know what your your family's going through. I don't know what your friends are going through. I don't know what's happening in your house when I'm not here, you know. Mm. And and don't try don't try and, you know, just just be nice to people and, you know, be try and be caring and, and, and help people and stick together because like those things that happened in my life, man, were crazily over – it was over, you know, a span of time, you know, you know, but Jesus, those things sort of rock you to the core mm. and they rock your community to the core. And when you're part of a tight community and their families are involved and, and, and you know, it's, it just makes you realise that shit, you've just got to take stock, you know, and, mm. and, and be ready and, and, just, and just accept shit when shit happens, you know. Because mm. shit does happen a lot and I know there's people out there going through shit all the time and it's like, you know, especially now it's coming into Christmas and it's mm. it can be a really good time for people, you know, happy and celebrating, you know, time and life with their family and things like that. But at the same time it can be terribly hard for a lot of people that get lonely that don't have yeah. family and things like that. So try and reach I, – I just try and reach out to people in these times and, you know, people that, you know, might, might be doing as cool or have – 
you know, don't have the the family connections that you have, you know, I just try and reach out to them and yeah, show a bit of love. Hey, thank you, man, for sharing. Yeah, sharing really honestly and and yeah, going shit. to some difficult places there. Yeah, I got a bit teary, but I think it's just the no, truth. It's I, just the truth, mate. It's yeah. just the truth. It's the one thing. Like uh, you gave me those questions, uh, just uh, you know things that you might ask me, and I didn't really want to read them. I thought I'd just. You know, I, I do a lot of interviews myself and I find I get good responses when I sort of don't tell two people too much. I yeah. just get their honest opinion. But I, and, I was, and I was driving out here thinking what would be those key things and it would be the key losses that have had that have just rocked me to the yeah. core. That, have, that But the positivity that I've pulled from it and, and act, acted on and yeah. together are things that have changed my life. So all the bad is bad. But, you know. Well, I, I totally believe and I, I hear it like I can see it in yeah. your eyes. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. The depth to which you suffer yeah. is the depth to which you can experience um, things on the other end. You yeah. Know, like if you go if you go deep down, yeah. then I think you can love, um, you know, deep. The other, you, can, you can experience deep gratitude, deep perspective. Yeah. I think if you only li- live your life kind of in the middle zone, yeah. you know, and you don't ever feel the yeah. – that stuff yeah. kind of limits you on the other end too. And I think you're right. I think it's like I say to a lot of young people, like, you know, you know like life's good and enjoy it and travel and do all those things and, and, and experience it because it can change really quickly, mm. you know, really quickly without out of your control and, and, you know, and tell the people, you know, it's cliched but it's true. Like tell the people that you love that you love them and give them a yeah. hug and yeah. ring, ring your mom and yeah. Big well, dad or you. That's exactly it. It's like I was sort of saying before as well, when you know that things are fragile, yeah. when you know that humans are fragile yeah. and that, you know, having good work is fragile and that, you know, we kind of have all of these illusions of security and insurance and everything's taken care of. But yeah. actually like the beauty of things is kind of that they could fall apart at any moment. Yeah. But in this moment I'm surfing this wave or I'm yeah. sitting with my kids or I'm, you know, just yeah. having this conversation. Like there's kind of a sort of when you realise that, Nothing is kind of given. No. You don't want to take anything for granted. No, for sure, mate. You, you articulate a lot better than I do. Oh, you, no, you're doing good. <laughs> I, I really enjoy listening to you actually, Trent. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. Like I think it's – it's and even this moment, like even to take the time out today to come and speak to you, which I really appreciate and I'm grateful that you asked me to come and talk today. But, you know, I'll drive home now and and think, you know, shit, I am lucky and, and it fires me up. Yeah. Fires me up, mate. Like I'm fired up now to sort of be better and do better and keep keep charging ahead and, you know. Well, same. That's oh, a gift. Yeah, it's it a, is a gift, man. A, this kind of conversation is a good little reminder, hey. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And it's cool. And, I, yeah, like I said, I thanks again for <laughs> Oh, my pleasure. All right, so here's how it's going to finish. How does it finish? Uh, I'm going to ask you questions I didn't send you, which are the <laughs> ones that are going to help me get into creative poet mode. Okay. I'm just going to hit, hit you with some real random kind of Love meta- it. metaphorical questions yeah, let's that you do just it. answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Just a word. Word, phrase, sentence, whatever. Okay, whatever. All right. Yep. Trent, if you were a plant in a garden, what would you be? I'd like to be a gum tree. Okay. A big gum tree that stands through storms and fires and wind and oh, is locked into the go. ground. Yeah, yeah, you're the poet now. <laughs> That's it. Um, if you if you were, if I was going to put on a record yep. and I'm flipping through the vinyl collection, yep. there's one that kind of, characterizes you whoa what is it i love music i love all sorts of music like you know hip-hop rap metal everything pop i like it all music if i if one album whoa that's hard i ask him i ask quick people questions like this all the time and they sort of look at me like dumbfounded now and now i'm that guy experiencing um, it yeah <laughs> um 
You, you know, like I, I've got a thing at the moment. I, lo- I like rap and I like hip-hop at the moment because I find it like maybe some of the older stuff but I just find it's because most of those stories come from shit and it's the people that have come from the shit that are lifted up and they're doing good and, you know, I'm not into all the materialistic glitz and, you know, the, the jewellery. That's and the- exactly why I love <laughs> hip-hop, what you just said. Like yeah. that's, and I talk about hip-hop in a lot of schools about, you know, Tupac wrote this great poem oh, called amazing. The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Yeah. It's the whole idea is like, you know, that part of where that glitz and glamour comes from yep. is like, look, man, I, I almost – didn't make it. Yeah. So it's an amazing thing now yeah. that I'm sort of successful oh, or whatever. Man, two, that's kind of. Yeah. Tupac, dude. That, that's that's huge for me. You know, all that all that stuff's huge. I love all that stuff. But, you know, sometimes it's just a beat or, you know, you just hear that yeah. and that can lift you, I, I think. Um, but I think hip-hop would be the one for me currently that I'm into. All right. If, uh, if you were a time of day, I look at the clock and I see Trent time. I love the morning. Yeah, and I haven't been getting up as morning as much, but it's generally when the surf's the best. It's generally like the first the first light of the morning's when the surf's the best. It's I find if you have a good morning, you can't have a shit day. Yeah, I think there's something true in that for sure. All right, let's just do one or two more of these. Yep. Uh, if you were a uh, a drink, what drink would you water, be? Water, man. <laughs> it's just water. You, you can't survive without it. It has to be water. Look, I love coffee and I'm partial to a bit of beer and wine but um and water like I, my kids they just drink water they don't like the fizzy stuff i'm sure they will but yeah water all right last one let's just say or beer, but i won't say that <laughs> <laughs> but i did <laughs> you can have both yeah I'll, I'll let you have both. both uh all right last question last one okay you just got three words three words, three words to describe you kind of creatively creatively i think it's authenticity like speaking truth i think is important so creatively be authenticity and it's light and shade light and shade yeah light and shade is something i learned like in the early days of drawing and painting which i think you can take into anything is like look at both sides of the story there's always two sides to stories there's always good and bad there's always dark and a light you know contrast is a mate is a big thing for me so yeah that would be awesome so good, man. Well, that's it. I'll go and, uh, write something about you now. <laughs> oh, man, that's scary. But uh, your poetry, when my wife and I went to the the, the event at the Savoy, I, I wasn't sure what I was getting into, but when you spoke those words, then I was like, holy dooly, I haven't really heard someone speak poetry like that in, in the flesh. Like it felt like rap to me. Mm. Um, I was like, this dude should be a rapper for sure. But but yeah. but um, it did – and it, my wife and I, she's a creative person as well. She felt – I was like – she was just like sort of tapping me going, holy golly, we weren't, we weren't ready for it. So I, I suppose that was my naivety to what I was entering into. But, um, yeah, I appreciate your, your poetry and how you tell stories, man, because it man. moves people. And it, people like me that are visual – the tend to use visuals. We use visual cues to uh, express ourselves, which for me would be a lot easier than putting yourself out there and using words and making people imagine in their head things and mm. feel things. I think that's a that's a far bigger talent than than, than the visual. So I commend you on your oh, work, man. Look, they're all different forms, different yeah. forms of the but same it, thing. It, but it blew me away. Like what I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is it blew me away how how you got me mm. by just standing up there and talking. And yeah. it was like I know that I know poetry. I understand. I don't. I I don't know it, but I understand how, you know, rhyming words and and phrasing and how it how it all works. But um, yeah, it it did it did get. Well, me. I think that's you know 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think though that's to me that's kind of like part of what I do for work is try and help young people uh, not just encounter poetry as like technical rules yeah. for how to write or, or kind of just language techniques but something that can make people feel something. Yep. That's what it's all about, right? And yeah, if, it if, is. If you haven't experienced poetry like that, there's plenty of it out there. It's not just something I'm oh, doing. Man, and I've got to see more of it. Yeah, and I just think that's part. I want it. I go into schools right and I ask big groups of students, all right, who here wants to go up and become a poet? Nobody puts their hand up. I wouldn't have put my hand up when yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. But to me, if you don't see people doing it, like in the flesh, yeah. like rappers, and to me that was the thing that got me into poetry was kind of through through hip-hop. Yeah. But if you don't see it, you're never going to want to be it. So yeah. it's important that, you know, I was getting on my own little rant here. No, but, but that's true, man. It is so true. And like even seeing it, like the way you spoke about your kids and your stories and why you do it and, and things like that, it was like, man, like it, it would be hard. It's not hard. It, the way I would tell that story would be totally different. But the way you did it and just standing there in front of people telling it moved would have probably moved more people than, than the visual. Like, you know, visually, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like that, that was, it was probably, it just, yeah, it didn't shock me. It was just like, whoa, yeah. it's powerful. So I didn't, so yeah, that's my, my salute to you and your, your, your uh, poetry mate. It was, uh, it's a moving thing. And I keep teaching those kids because I think it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity. People do need mm. to see that there's so many different ways to express yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. So I appreciate your time today. Yeah, and thank um, you. I hope you have hope a I did fantastic right. I'm, day. I'm sure I'm. Nailed it. You nailed it. You can say that you've now nailed something. Yeah, I've nailed it today. Somewhere along the way, many of us learned to introduce ourselves by what we do for work. Trent prefers to start with father first. As he tells me how big family is, I can see the size of it rising in him. Pride for his daughters, pushing against his edges, losing forth like love is being spilt where we speak. He is dad, but he is more than that. Storyteller, board rider, Bado Bay citizen. Like the village he grew up in is the same one he still lives in. His kids are walking the same school paths that his feet left marks on back in the past. Like a tall gum tree planted, standing. Wind whipped, storm hit, still standing. Seen the landscape change, felt pain still standing. You grow a brilliant resilience when you see it both ways. Life, a constant contrast of night and day. The soft lip of the wave, the rough reef underneath. The promise of new morning, the taste of old grief. Stories of survival over triumphant beats. The once down beat who were lifted from streets. It's like when that one artwork that you felt like you nailed catches the breeze from the rooftop and sets the sail. And you can lose the canvas, watch it fall to the dust. But what if you're the surface at the tip of the brush? What if the things we make are the things making us? What if our moments of loss are the essential shade that the light's gonna need to break up the space? I think these thoughts, as Trent reminds me, why we do what we do, the ones who spin story. We're making meaning from the moments you might otherwise miss, swimming in deep waters that we then spill from our lips. Hold the ocean of experience, both its cuts and its gifts, and you have in your hands the shapes you can shift into the everyday tales of finding ordinary bliss. Yeah, speaking of Trent, reminds me of this.